Hey everyone, welcome into another episode. Before we get into the show as it usually is, I wanted to take a second, both Riley and myself, uh, to acknowledge the shooting in uh, in Uvalde, Texas the other day, yesterday. Um, obviously everyone knows about it and obviously everyone's talking about it and obviously there's a fantasy football show, so we will not linger, but it's something that I really want to call attention to um, because this is something where three years ago I graduated high school. Riley also graduated high school three years ago. And I, I still remember sighing, you know, a bit of a relief. You know, I know the odds were very low that it would happen there. And I knew it was something like that. And I sighed, made the same exact sigh when my brother graduated two years after that. And something has to change um, in this country. And again, this is a fantasy football show, but it's something that everyone needs to think about. Everyone wants to think, wants to know. Everyone needs to know that. This is not something that can't we can't get numb to it. Where every single station needs to be talking about this. We need to talk about it next week. We need to talk about it two weeks from now. Uh, because this is something that is should be historically bad. It shouldn't be something that we're waiting for every single week. It's something that every, every single American should be embarrassed by. Every single one of us. You, me, I, I don't know who you, I don't know who's listening to you. I don't care about your political beliefs. But this is something that children were killed. Children were killed. And if nothing changes because of it, then we have a infinitely bigger problem. And as somebody who is a part of this generation that is continuing being killed by gun violence and things like that, there is no words that I can say to express how sorry I am for those families, for the politicians that have failed them, for the societal breaches, and for everything there that has kind of resulted in what happened. So... I want to take a second and send my thoughts and prayers. Not that that really means anything because we seem to be doing this every single week. I mean the same to the families in Buffalo who were victims there. I have plenty of friends as a New Yorker who go to school at SUNY Buffalo and people who were scared to leave their houses for a whole week. And that's the country we live in. That's, that's where we are. So I want to take a second and acknowledge that because again, this might be fancy football. We might be trying to take a day off from it, that there is no day off from this. This is something that we all need to acknowledge. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of people on Twitter were saying it, it, it's too early to politicize it. I disagree. I I think there's there's no there's no way to be too hasty about this, and it's something that needs to be addressed uh, quickly. And um, and unfortunately, that's not up to people like like you and I. It's up to people with more power than us, and all we can do is uh sit here on our fantasy football show and talk about it and hope that talking about it will uh you know kind of put that into motion but um since that's unlikely to be the case um yeah we will we will um leave it at that we will obviously be doing our show as usual we're going to get into that in a second but all everything that we just said before everything that will be everything you might see on my Twitter, if I'm, what, I'm, what I've been putting out there, everything you're going to hear from your friends, your peers, your family, I encourage you to continue that discussion. Again, we're going to continue on with the show right now, and none of it is to sound cavalier about what happened in any way, but it's it's a horrific event. And while we might be able to talk about what we want to, what we're going to right now, it's still something that should be in the back of everyone's mind, not the back, but the front. And... You know, all we can do is talk about it because we don't want it to be forgotten. So, 
with that said, we are going to get into today's episode. We have a good show lined up today with the breakout candidates for the 2022 season. Riley and I have each chosen a player for at each position at the QB, wide receiver, running back, and tight end positions to talk about. Before we do that, as usual, I want to quickly thank uh, both IDP guys and for frequency's sake, our host for the show, amazing background, amazing help. You can find all of our all of my amazing content, you know, not Riley's necessarily. Um, but at idpguys.org, a great follow, great group of people to be with. Amazing year-round Discord channels that's well worth the subscription for the premium content alone. I know there's a ton of stuff in the works. I'm a big part of that myself, and I can't wait to see what that's going to be. And for frequency's sake, obviously, always doing the great stuff. That's why you're here in the first place. And I also want to give a shout-out to Saturday, to Saturday, a new show with a 500th episode. 500 episode i wish to get there one day honestly that is happening tomorrow at 9 30 eastern right here check youtube that is it's a great group of guys talk about the draft very similar type of content so i highly encourage you guys to check that out as well everyone in this industry is really working hard to make a name for themselves and really making working hard to make sure you the viewer is having the best fantasy football experience you can have so with all that said definitely check that out 9 30 tomorrow but let's get into today's show riley we got a couple headlines, nothing big, but like these OTA times of the year, it's things to chart and keep keep our head on uh, mind on going forward. Which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's talk about Darrell Williams. That was that was the big, uh, or the, probably the only free agency signing that's happened since the last week. Signed with the Cardinals, uh, one year deal. I'm not sure. I I know the figure amount. Um, probably nothing significant. I'll check. I'll check while you keep going. He was signed at the end of May, uh, but it looks like he's going to be the direct backup to James Conner. So um, he's going to be a strong fantasy handcuff. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, he's he's someone to look at at the end of uh, redrafts if you're in, you know, ortho flyer if you own James Conner. Um, he could be a trade target if you're a James Conner owner in Dynasty, but that's about it. Yep, it was a one uh, – actually, I don't think we have details for it yet. Um, a very funny headline just looked up right there is they signed Darrell Williams after Patrick Mahomes endorsement. Feels like already with a we got the Tom Brady effect or whatever effect where we're going to be sure. throwing his name in with every single very small thing. I'm sure that's not why they signed him, but the reason they did is because James Conner is going to be a very good fantasy running back. He's going to be great. He's going to be using every asset. He's a good pass catcher. He was electric for that team last year. He was indispensable, honestly, especially without Kyler Murray was very consistent at times. And with DeAndre Hopkins suspended for six games, they need James Conner to be that guy. But they also can't rely on it, and they really made no investments to replace Chase Edmonds, who left for Miami. They saw, they drafted Keontae Ingram, and they have Eno Benjamin. And Jonathan Ward, who's a kind of a special teamer at this point, That's we know what he is. Eno Benjamin's not special either. He couldn't get on the field to save his life in the most opportune of circumstances last year. So... I think Darrell Williams, I agree, he walks into that role. I'm not worried about his impact to James Conner. Are you, are you at all? No. Because I think some, some people were overreacting to that. I just no, wanted to get you. Not worried one, one bit. Terrific. Okay. Well, we're on to, uh, we'll switch over to Dallas where James Washington – now nobody cares about James Washington, and rightfully so, right? No, my name's James Washington. I'm a Steelers guy. I don't even care about James Washington. But even more so the reason you not care about him. Sorry? What? Even more of a reason to not care about him. Exactly. So he's in a walking boot, and best of recovery to him. I still don't have the specifics on what the injury actually is. But the reason I bring it up now is because this time of year, you know, we have a few OTAs. We have some mini camp, and 
a walking boot. I'm not sh- We'll see if he'll be ready for minicamp. That's speculation at this point. I'm not a doctor. But this opens up a real great opportunity for Jalen Tolbert to get some very important reps. Michael Gallup is still rehabbing. James Washington, the new signing, is obviously not on the field himself. So Jalen Tolbert is getting some really great reps. And that's just something that is an advantage that could pay off in the preseason and pay off earlier in the regular season and kind of have that earlier impact than we might think. Is this reading too much into it, Riley, or not at all? I mean, it's it's a little bit of something. I've I've okay. I've taken Jalen Tolbert and two of my uh, rookie drafts, so he was kind of a target of mine at, at the end of the second round. So uh, this this is somewhat good news for him. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 as good as it can come for Jalen Tolbert. Again, hopefully James Washington's okay. Kind of has had a tough break ever since he entered the league, but we'll move on to Indianapolis with Frank Reich, head coach of the Colts, saying that. Naeem Hines should be drafted in fantasy. And I haven't checked this, but I swear that he said the exact same thing last year. I'm not even joking. I feel like he said word for word that Naeem Hines should be drafted in fantasy last year. Well, I, I, every time anyone in the NFL talks about fantasy, I immediately tune them out. Remember oh. I, that one time, I think it was either Josh J. I think it was Josh Jacobs when he said, he said, no, I'm not playing. Don't play me in oh, fantasy. Oh, my goodness. And then he played. Oh, that week was – that was like week 15, too. It was yeah. like the playoffs. People were going crazy. Ever ever since that, anyone, uh, any coach or player, whoever talks about fantasy, I don't care. I'm not listening. No deal to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's fair. It's something I want to I, – I, I want to bring up just because it's funny and it's in the industry in a way. Uh, but also, especially with IDP purposes, we're going to move to Atlanta where Deion Jones – the Athletic is putting out there, uh, Blake on his name right now, I apologize. Jeff Schultz of The Athletic, the Atlanta beat reporter, is bringing up that Deion Jones is likely going to be a June 1st cut slash trade. Now, this is a very similar situation to Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo. His contract is a beast. Deion Jones is a $20 million captain this year. He be, drops down to 18 uh, after June 1st, which is what they're waiting for. But if they trade him, it drops to 13. And ultimately, whether you cut or trade him, it gets him off the books for 2023 when the Falcons are obviously have their eye towards the future. That is that is the goal here. Deion Jones is a very strong likelihood of not being on this roster. Jeff Schultz also brought up his leadership concerns, especially with the young roster. And this, if he's gone, if Deion Jones is gone, he gets traded for a fifth, a sixth, wherever he goes, New York Jets. This is a very big opportunity. We saw how great Khan. I apologize. Uh, was for the Falcons last year for IDP guys where he had over 190 tackles. He was fantastic. He was a linebacker one. You couldn't ask for better. That opportunity happened because Deion Jones is in coverage. Now, they drafted Troy Anderson in the second round. Michael Walker's been a sleeper that people have been talking about within the circles forever. Who knows that will happen because they also brought in Rashawn Evans, who has a lot of system uh, system experience from his days in Tennessee, who was a former first-rounder. Mike Verbal had him. Um, or DNP is Adam, the defensive coordinator for the Titans then, the Falcons now. So of all these guys to target, Troy Anderson is the guy I want in dynasty circles. Michael Walker might be a total last-minute pitch, and I, I'm, I'm going to have to say – I'll take my shot. That, that, that's, that's the long and short of this is that I want a piece of this linebacker group in, in Atlanta. They rely on so heavily with the DNP system. We saw it, it's, it's a game-changing difference to have that amount of stability – and regardless of Deion Jones, we were looking for the next guy up because we were interested in two of the names. If Deion Jones is gone, we're interested in, or we were interested in the second guy. 
if Deion Jones is gone, we're interested in two. So definitely take your shot in those guys in the draft. And if they end up going cheaper, it's uh, it's reports to monitor. If Troy Anderson starts starring out in preseason, he should be going a lot higher in dynasty than where he's going right now. So we can move on to which part of which which headline do you want to pull up next? Well, I'll let you. Oh up. boy, um, CMC not playing a regular season or preseason games, I should say. That's regular season games. <laughs> oh, we're already doing that. Don't do that. Poor, poorly aged things, or properly aged things, probably. But um, he won't be playing in preseason games. Um, I. I can't say I didn't see this coming. A lot of people probably saw this coming. Um, does it is it a red flag for you? It's not at all because at this point we need this. At this point, this should have happened a long time ago because see, I mean he hasn't been on the field the last two years. He's being paid like a top five running back, but he's not on the field, and he's a terrific player. And they need him more than anyone else needs a single player outside of a QB. So. It makes sense. Why risk him in these playoff games? You get an extra week before the season. There's a lot of people that say that the preseason doesn't matter. Yeah, let 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 Chuba Hubbard and uh, Deontay Foreman run it out, man. Figure out who the backup is there. That's that's what they should be doing. That's all that matters. The pro preseason guy, huh? Look at you. The pro preseason guy says Christian McCaffrey needs to stay healthy for his dynasty rosters. <laughs> yeah. All um, right, let's move into some breakouts here. Yeah, we'll move into some breakouts. All right, I... Want to quickly before we go into the breakouts, I want to mention that our rookie mag is going out right now for the IP guys. Definitely get that, please, please, please. Because not only was that a ton of work from a bunch of amazing people, I'm in the chat, I've seen how passionate they are about it, but it's terrific content that's well worth every single dollar. Uh, I think early bird pricing might be might have came and went, but it's still worth checking out at idpguys.org. Terrific content there. And again, that rookie mag has profiles on every and landing spots on every single rookie in this draft offense and defense can't ask for much better than that but yeah like you said rob we're gonna get into the breakouts all right and these these are the guys that everyone's excited about because this is how you win your leagues you know you win with the guys that you draft at 10 spots behind and all of a sudden they're up in the top five and a guy that i think a guy that i think can do that my breakout qb because we're going to go one for each position i'm gonna start it off with trey lance out of San Francisco. Now, ironically, Trey Lance may not be in a ton of my teams because we'll see how high his draft volume ends up going in case of if Jimmy Garoppolo is off the roster, then he'll jump two rounds in ADP. If he makes a highlight throw in the preseason, he'll jump another round. And if he enters that sixth round, seventh round, I'm probably going to be out. The eighth is still going to be a little bit close. But Trey Lance is a is a is going to be a dynamic fantasy option, and it's because of the rushing ability. Every single QB since 2018, I went back and checked that. Since 2018, there are numerous every single year with 450 rushing yards has been a top 10 QB in points per game. Every single one. The, except With the exceptions of Cam Newton, whose arm was unbelievably toast at that point of his career on a garbage Patriots offense. No offense, Riley. No, it was bad. It was horrific, hard to watch. And then Taysom Hill, who's not really a quarterback. And he, he his, his games were... Yeah, he didn't have passing as he wasn't actually under center. So that's it. That's it. And I think you can lock Trey Lance in 450 rushing yards. And the more important thing is I think you'll lock him in for touchdowns too. I think he's a lock for the – if he's playing – if he start with, starts week one, he is a lock for five touchdowns on the season. He will steal five touchdowns at least on the goal line. And that's basically what we expected from Cam Newton every single year. It's what we expect from Josh Allen now. 
And that type of upside you can't find uh, later, like or that late in drafts. Like every single year, there's a breakout quarterback that's well worth targeting in the double digit rounds. If Trey Lance is in the tenth, he's my quarterback every time. If he's in the ninth, I'm probably still taking that chance. Now I, I'm going to have some hesitancy if Jimmy Garoppolo is on the roster week one, even if Trey Lance is named the starter, because we'll see. But redraft purposes, you're playing week by week. And week by week, Trey Lance is going to win you every single one of those. Yeah, I mean, that, that's all all totally valid. I, I like Trey Lance a lot, and um, I'm excited to see what happens when Jimmy G gets cut. My yeah. breakout quarterback is a guy. Oh, wait, wait, one, one second. I have one other stat I forgot to drop. No, I apologize. Every single top 15 quarterback from last year, every single top 15 quarterback from fantasy, was on a winning roster. Courtesy of uh, the fantasy football, as I heard that there, that is not my stat that I found. But I expect the 49ers to be a winning team. You can add that to another checklist for Trey Lance. Go on. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk about a guy with less rushing upside, but more passing upside than I think people give him credit for. And a guy I'm kind of buying the dip, really am buying the dip on, uh, Tua Vailoa, who is on an offense that's much improved. He's getting one of the best wide receivers uh, in football, Tyreek Hill, um, who has been talking him up. I mean, I guess I'm not going to put any stock in that. That's just what guys do. But um, imagine if he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, God, he can't throw at all. Yeah. To, I'm, I'm going to focus. I've talked about Tua and his and his role in the offense a lot. I'm going to talk a little bit more about um, his, his rushing upside, which we've seen, like, as a Patriots fan, uh, he kind of ran all over us in, in the game that – um, he played against the Patriots, and um, it's it's an interesting um, new offensive scheme with a lot more quarterback runs, quarterback keeps that I think Tua is capable of. Now that Mike McDaniel's is calling plays on offense, so I'm 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 willing to bet the line on Tua's rushing yards somewhere. If if you're saying 450 for Trey Lance, let's say 300. Let's say 300. Yeah, yeah. 300 for Tua, and, and I and I would. I would bet on him having at least 300 rushing yards. And that's that's another, you know, slim razor margin that you'll have over your opponent's pocket passer in the same uh drafted in the same range as Tua, which we'll call it like Matthew Stafford they're being drafted in the same in the same range. See, my worry is and again, Tua I I I think he's going to be a popular breakup pick if he gets numbed down because a lot of people like to hate on Tua. But, and he has the weapons for it. You know, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. Mike Yusecki is not a total bum as much as I might dislike him. He's got a running back room that can catch the ball, uh, i.e. Chase Edmonds. And he should have a much better offensive coach uh, in terms of nothing against Brian Flores, but he wasn't helping the offense. And I'm very high on Mike McDaniels as a future uh, head coach. So I, 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 I like it. I don't think 300 rushing yards is going to move the needle at all. So that's my worry is he's going to have to throw – 30, 30, 30, 34 touchdowns, like 32 touchdowns or so, I think. And I don't know if he that's, does that. I don't know. That's if he's fine. That's fine with that. That's fine with you me. Think he's got, having, having, that? Like you mentioned, having a running back room that is really good at catching the ball, I expect Chase Edmonds to be the alpha of that room. I know a lot of people are kind of scared to say it, but I think Chase Edmonds gets most of that work. Having two of the, one of the best wide receivers in football and one of the best young wide receivers in football and having them involved, having a good red zone target in Mike Isiggy, it's really all there. Yeah, no, it, it should be, right? I mean, it's very much a, uh, you know, do it or don't do it. You know, it's 
if it'll happen, it'll happen this year. I, I completely agree with that. Um, I'm going to move on to my breakout running back, right? And this 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 was going to happen. This was going to happen in 2021, but unfortunately, towards ACL in the preseason, of course, I am talking about J.K. Dobbins, my guy, who I'm not totally ashamed to say that J.K. Dobbins was my number one running back of the Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift group. A little bit embarrassing now, but I maintain that he would have been he he would be very close to that tier had he not uh, torn his ACL last year. Now, a lot of people point out Lamar Jackson as a detriment. Lamar Jackson will take those five to seven rushing touchdowns, just like we talk about Trey Lynch, because Lamar Jackson on the goal line is going to do what he wants. You know, he's going to dance around a defender and score because he's really good at that. But the best thing is that there's going to be plenty to go around. The Ravens are continually one of the highest uh, highest rushing teams in the league in terms of volume. That's not just Lamar Jackson. That is their rushing attack in general. I think they sorely missed that last year when they had to go the hodgepodge of, you know, uh, Devonta Freeman and who else was even there? I tried Latavius to uh, Latavius Murray. I tried to really whitewash my not whitewash. Try to wash my head out of all of that because that was that was tough to watch. Tyson Williams. How about that? Renewly uh, picked up, I think, by the Cardinals. I don't remember. It was the Colts, but I believe. The Colts. Even 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 worse, honestly. Um, so. <laughs> So I, I think J.K. Dobbins is in for a big role, and I'm not really too worried about the receiving volume. I'm not going to make up some myth either that J.K. Dobbins, I think he can catch, but I don't, they're not going to ask him to. I'm not going to make the argument that he's going to catch the ball because all this, you know, that's Lamar, Lamar doesn't look that way. The offense doesn't feature running backs that way. But I don't, it won't matter because the rushing touchdown, the rushing potential is so high. We saw what Mark Ingram did in twenty in, in twenty nineteen. It was twenty nineteen, right? Yeah, so. uh, Mark in, Mark Ingram in twenty nineteen, when he put he was a top ten running back, a week in week in week out start on the back of touchdowns and volume. That's going to happen with J.K. Dobbins, but then you also get the bonus of efficiency, and that's 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 a really dangerous prospect. Where I think you could chart, I think Dobbins will be this year's Nick Chubb in terms of week-to-week consistency and potential where some weeks he might give you five you know he might he might take four you know 14 carries for 50 yards or 14 carries for 40 yards and doesn't get in the end zone all of a sudden you're you're left a little disappointed but more often than not he's going to get in the end zone and he's going to be the best running back while doing it and i'm going to be very interested i'm going to be i'll take him in almost every league because right now he's going as a RB15, RB14 range. And I think he's going to finish just inside that top 12, maybe just inside that top 10, right around that RB8 range. I think that's a ceil- I think that's pretty much a ceiling, but that's a ceiling I'm still very much interested in when we're talking about my second running back or even my third running back off the board. Uh, off the board, but for my team. Yeah, his his yards per carry was like, what, 4.5 in his career or something crazy. He's still super efficient. For no reason, somehow. Um, I will move on to he had a running back who was drafted in the same class. What were we gonna say? Oh no, he had a six yards per carry in that 2020 season. I'll just add that on. Six yards. is that guy. J.K. Dobbins is that guy, and I don't want an injury, an ACL injury, which everyone comes back from, to doubt that. If, if if he's slow to recover, that's something else. But we'll we'll take that as we go. Go on, Riley. So this this second guy is another guy that's that that's really dipping in value, and I'm that I'm gonna buy in on um, why uh, running back one of J.K. Dobbins' years in terms of uh, draft capital, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, you know, it's right here, signed by him. Um, 
So uh, Clyde Rosalaire was on a podcast not too long ago, and he said that he had gallbladder surgery uh, before the season where he had to drop down to, or he did drop down to about 160 pounds. Um, it limited what he was able to do in preseason, um, which obviously limited on the field. He wasn't as explosive as he was um, in his rookie year or he was at college. He wasn't as efficient. Um, and therefore, you know, he lost touches to Daryl Williams and Jarek McKinnon, who are now gone via free agency. So not only is this the first uh, regular preseason that he's had where he's able to get his body into shape, but his competition's gone. Darrell Williams was a solid player when he was filling in for Clyde Edwards-Alaire while he was injured. I think Damian Williams finished as like the running back 20 or something like that last year just because he was good. And they are confident enough in Clyde Edwards-Alaire to say, Darrell Williams just signed a nothing contract, a nothing one-year contract with the Cardinals. And the Chiefs said, we don't need him. Or Jared McKinnon, who was really good in the playoffs as a receiving back, which they haven't used Clyde Edwards-Alaire very much as a receiving back. He was used that way a lot in college, but maybe this means Clyde Edwards-Alaire is used a lot more in the receiving game because the only other solid competition in the Chiefs running back room is Ronald Jones, who is very famously not a pass catcher. So I'm I'm in on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, I'm expecting his talent to come back um, a little bit more to what we saw his rookie year as opposed to his sophomore year, and his scary competition is out the door. Yeah, I mean, and, and for where he's going, I, I'm in on him too, and that that's what I want to say for the show because I can't. I imagine you were not going to believe I say that. Now you didn't touch on Ronald Jones because you said they did nothing with his position, but they did add Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones and- is a, is a solid early down back that could take some early work away from him. But my the big thing is that the third down role should belong to CH, and that's an important role. Now while we haven't really seen running backs catch the ball on KC that much. You know, like Darrell Williams wasn't catching the ball all that much. Jeremy Kim wasn't catching it all that much. But Kansas City all of a sudden has one of the most vacated targets in the league. With Tyreek Hill out the door, and they brought in MVS, they brought in Juju. Tyreek Hill is gone. They also lost uh, Byron Pringle, who counted for about 50 to 60 targets as well. It has to go somewhere. Travis Kelsey will not be taking much more on that plate. That plate is that plate is filled like it's Thanksgiving. You know, so who else is doing it? It's Juju, MVS, and Hat Mate. You know, you have the people, the stayovers. You have the stayovers, and the stayovers are the running backs. And that's kind of what I'm interested in here. So I, I will be investing in Clyde Edwards Hilaire if he stays around that RB24 mark where he's being drafted. Because I, to me, that's that's way too low. That's that's close to his floor. I, I, think, his, I think his floor, if he stays healthy for this year is RB20. That is his floor. I I, I might put it at RB24, just because Rojo could be more involved on the goal line than maybe we think. I don't think that'll work, but Clyde was also really inefficient on the goal line. So perhaps he did drop he did drop a, a, sh- a shovel pass heard around the world that, that yeah, well, and not even just that. I mean, do you remember how efficient he is? Like he tries to get in, it'll take him three tries. And Rojo might no, follow I mean, one of those he's, tries. He's but... fine in the in the goal line. Not as he's just not as big enough. He's just not as big as. No, I, I, yeah, it's not blaming him, but then he's got to make up for the passing game, and I think he could do that. It's it's the upside I'm willing to take a chance on in this Chiefs offense. I, I agree with that. I, I I I like that pick more than you might have thought. I I would have. Did, did that surprise you at all or no? I'm curious. A little bit. I've I've been what? hated on in in the in the circle for oh, for my kind sure. of a layer of love. Sure, sure, but now I think the hate's gone a little bit too far, as it usually does. You know. It's just about price for me. I, I, I'm willing to be 
it could be ugly, but if he's catching four passes a game and gets his volume on the ground, I'm in. I'm in. That's all. Yeah, I don't know what that was, but we'll move on to my breakout wide receiver. Um, and this is this is kind of a deep shot because I, I had two names I really wanted to bring up, and I think I'll save one of them for our sleeper episode, which we will get to eventually because I am – fairly high in that player and i find myself drafting him in every single format best ball dynasty does not matter we'll talk about that guy in another episode so tune in because i also just took this other guy in today's draft and i talked to riley about it gabriel davis is my pick for the breakout wide receiver of this year's group so gabriel davis is a good player i think that's kind of really slept on is that he's just a pretty dang good player where he's a capable route runner he's a big guy and he's a very capable at scoring touchdowns. He has 13 in the last two years, despite being a very much a part-time player behind Emmanuel Sanders. And people might note that, hey, maybe that's a maybe that's a red flag. Maybe he couldn't get on the field over a very old Emmanuel Sanders. And that that that's that's not good. That's a not good thing, you know. But all of a sudden, Emmanuel Sanders is gone. And Gabriel Davis is coming off an eight-catch, 201 yard and for touchdown performance against the Chiefs in the playoffs. So that is what they saw. That is the Bills' final impression of Gabriel Davis. And then they looked at the offseason and said, we don't need anyone else. We'll add Jameson Crowder to replace Cole Beasley, and we were, we trust you, Gabe Davis, a day three pick. You will be our wide receiver two on the outside. And that is going to be a tremendously valuable role in this Bills offense that will be up there in passing attempts because I don't think they're leaning on the run with that. You know, the, even the James Cook uh, draft pick suggests that they're going to pass even more and use the running back a bit there. But Gabe Davis is a guy that's going to be up there in touchdowns. He's going to be a lock for that eight, eight plus range. BC is finally getting snaps. He only had around five to six games last season where he was over 70%. Might have been even four. I, I should double check that. But when you have high touchdown potential, combined with an increase in volume and snap potential, I'm taking a shot on that. And right now he's going fairly late in drafts. He's going in the wide receiver 30-40 range. That's up. That that's He has top 12 upside. He genuinely has top 12 upside. Because every single year we see offenses support two top 12 receivers. At the very least, top 15. And if Gabe Davis is going to flirt with a top with an 8-10 to 10 touchdown range, along with a large yards for catch, because he's a downfield threat, it could totally be a Mike Williams type of season for Gabe Davis coming at an even cheaper price than Mike, da- Mike Williams came with last year. Josh Allen has been talking him up a lot too because of, I don't know if you saw it today, but he, he runs a lot of the for the love of the game routes, which is, you know, the dirty work that uh, Robert Woods kind of is kind of famous for. So that is, that's high praise coming from um, a quarterback, quarterback, especially given that it's Josh Allen. Yeah. And, and that quarterback he's tied with for the net for dynasty purposes. He's tied with Josh Allen for the next two years. And make, make no mistake, if this doesn't happen this year for Gabe Davis, he's not getting another chance. They owe him nothing financially. And this chance right here, this is what he's got. I just think he's going to make the most of it and somebody he should be on your roster. He, you can draft him as your wide receiver five, he, maybe wide receiver four if he creeps up around draft season. I would He's going to, he's going to return wide receiver three to value. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. That's what I say. Go right. You ahead. go for it. You go for it. Um, my 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 breakout wide receiver is is pretty much on the opposite end of the spectrum. Is is 
uh, Gabriel Davis is a little more of a sleeper. I'm going with a, a guy who finishes the wide receiver 30-ish last year. And for, and for this breakout pick, I'm I'm kind of banking on uh, talent alone instead of situation uh, for Devontae Smith. Now, you know, A.J. Brown was traded to the Eagles. It's already um, a pretty small passing volume offense, um, but the offense has gotten better, and that's indisputable, is that the offense is better. Their wide receiver room is a lot better. Their offensive line is still very solid. And Jalen Hurts is capable of high upside play. And from what we saw from Devontae Smith last year, where he had a solid amount of work, I think he was – did he get? Did he have 1,000 yards? I, if he didn't, he definitely got close. Who but, is this? Um, Devontae Smith. Um, no, I don't think he did, but I can check. He definitely got close. But, um, I'll bet it was. His target share isn't going anywhere. Even though A.J. Brown is in town, Devontae Smith is still a very solid 1B. And, um, you know, sophomores, sophomore wide receivers tend to make this leap, especially with guys who are as talented as Devontae Smith, who I genuinely think if things go right for the Eagles offense, if Jalen Hurts takes the step that a lot of people think he's capable of, he has top 15 upside. And I say only say top 15 because of A.J. Brown being there. Pre-AJ Brown trade, I would have said top 10 because that's how talented he is. I completely agree with the talent. It won't happen this year because I, I, I just – you, you got to think about it like this, right, is how much – I agree that the passing volume is going to increase. You don't trade for AJ Brown and pay him up the nose for that not to happen. But Jalen Hurts will have to be an MVP-level wide receiver to sustain Devonta Smith because A.J. Brown will get his. Dallas Goddard is going to have his own little pie. That's my concern. My, I have some equal concerns about Dallas Goddard, who I have been a known lover of, and I'm sure that's blasphemy for you to hear from me, but I think the boom bust of Dallas Goddard and Devonta Smith is going to go hand-in-hand hand this season where they're going to hurt each other, where A.J. Brown's going to get his, and then they're going to split and have their on games and off games because I don't think Jalen Hurst can sustain two wide receivers at the same time or two targets at the same time. And that is going to come down to touchdowns. I could be wrong, but Jalen Hurst is going to throw a lot more touchdowns than he's going to be running in or th you know things like that. He has shown nothing to me that he can do that. So, like it, for Devonta Smith to have value, what I, what would you what are you expecting for Dallas Goddard? Because I think that is a very important relationship. I think Dallas Goddard is firmly the third option in in this. In that, if he don't don't Dallas Devonte Smith is so good, man. Oh, oh, is above in the pecking order, but no, I I, I don't. But I, I I think there's going to be games where he wants to rely on his tight end, and I think targets are going to go to Dallas Goddard because he's a tar he's in the field every single play, and he's a good player. So if he's getting targets, and AJ Brown's getting targets. Ultimately, it just even if Devon Smith is number two on that list, what is that in Philadelphia? You know, how many attempts is Jalen Hurst going to have a game? If he's throwing, what, third, how, how many times are you expecting? Like 32 times? 30, yeah, 30 to 35. So let's say he completes 20 of those on Jalen Hurst's true fashion, 22 even, you know? And then AJ Brown gets eight, miscellaneous gets four, uh, running backs get two even. And all of a sudden, we got like 10 left between Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. And five receptions each or so, you know, I, that's optimistic at times. 
I don't I don't know. He's going to need the touchdown. And I just don't know if Devon Smith is going to get it because of, A, A.J. Brown in the red zone, Dallas Goddard in the red zone, and then Jalen Hurts in the red zone running it in. I don't know. I, I just think this Jalen Hurts experiment is going to blow up, and then they're going to rerun it next year with someone better. But if he doesn't, then Jalen Hurts is going to be a next. If Devon Smith is a breakout this year, I think Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that, but the, the reason I'm banking on him so far is that Devontae Smith on an Eagles offense that was really bad for the first half of the year came into their own in the second half was still the wide receiver 30 as a rookie. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Like, do, you, do, you know how he, do you know how that Eagles team found found their way in the second half of the season? Yes, they, they found their way by running the ball. But by now, running but, the ball. Since, but now they, they're making a, a pretty clear commitment to passing the ball more, and I think that a, a lot of those leftovers – A.J. Brown's leftovers will fall to Devontae Smith because I think he can take control of the um, targets that are, you know, used to go to the running backs and used to go to the ancillary Greg Wards and such. I think oh, he can Greg take command of those because he's that good. Greg Ward, John Hightower. You remember John Hightower? John Hightower, yeah. Quez Watkins is still on that roster. Watkins, oh, yeah. Give him his minutes. Oh, God. Okay. Well, now I'm back on board because I started thinking about Quez Watkins. Okay. We'll move on to our final positional pick for this. We're going to talk about tight ends. My breakout tight end, I'm a bit of a broken record on this. I'm going to start to talk to someone else after this because you cannot stop me from talking about Cole Komet, my breakout pick for this year because Cole Komet is going to be it's, – it's such an easy pick. It, it's, it's so well it, – it's so in the cards. Of The Bears have so many vacated targets this season. They have – Close to the most in the league, I believe, because they have lost. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll get into some blanking, but they they've lost Allen Robinson, counted for 60, 70 of them. Not not to mention their his red zone ability, and he also uh, the Bears also brought in nobody that good. They brought in Bayless Jones in the third round, who I think is nothing, and they brought in Byron Pringle, who is immediately getting himself in trouble. So it's Darnell Mooney, and that's it. Cole Komet is going to have to step up. And he had, I believe, 18 red zone targets last year. Let me, let me, I'll, I'll double check that for you, buddy. But, uh, well, how many touchdowns, do you know how many touchdowns Cole Komet scored on, uh, his, uh, his targets, his red zone targets? Um, I would say Jimmy Graham had a lot of red zone targets for some reason. Yes. Yes, he did. And like, that's the other thing I want to bring up. But sorry, uh, go, go, go on with your guess on what Cole Komet had like- seven red zone targets last year. Oh, seven. Um, oh no, no, sorry, that's it. All went to 2020. Go on, sorry, 20 uh, in 2021, he had 13 red zone targets. What did he score like four of them, four or five? Zero. Oh, zero. He scored zero of his 13 red zone targets. That is not an indictment on Cole Komet. He even caught seven of them, but that is just something that is not going to repeat. That is something that is set to positively regress. And then, like you said, Jimmy Graham. Let's add him in because that is nine red zone targets and four touchdowns that went that is no longer on the team. And then even Allen Robinson, eight red zone targets, one touchdown. That's also not on the team. Jesper Horstead, uh, <laughs> one of their backup tight ends right now, three targets, two touchdowns. And he's still on the team, but I don't that, that's the type of thing that can easily sway towards the starter, the guy that's going to be getting a vast majority of snaps as the number two target in this offense. So I'm very high on Cole Komet. I wrote an article about it that you can check out on idpguys.org. 
I, I put a lot of effort into that one. I was really proud of the result because I do think that Cole Komet is going to be this year's late round target that everyone should actually buy. He's just super cheap. I mean, as as is the case with any tight end, yeah. you can forecast a breakout. He's super cheap. And the same it's thing. That bears, it's that bear stink too, man. Oh, my God. It does stink. It it's, does. It smells rancid. Um, here's my, my guy has has had a little – has he, they've escaped the rancid smell, but he's the tight end for the Cleveland Browns, David Njoku, who's, who's been a popular sleeper as of late. Uh, he was given the franchise tag by the Browns, even though it looked like that he might walk. Uh, Austin Hooper walked. That's 61 vacated targets that are going to be either his or Harrison Bryant, who is still pretty unproven. I think he's only 23, 24 years old. Um, and he's shown some flashes, but he's unproven over a large amount of time. David Njoku is the hyper athlete that you like to see from tight ends, and he became a little bit more involved at the end of last year. Um, and now that his price is so low and it looks like he'll have Deshaun Watson for like half the year, we'll say, even though that the conclusion on that investigation might be coming soon, but I, it's fair to say he'll have Deshaun Watson for at least half of the year. And for a guy who finished as the tight end 21, I think, last year and who was being drafted according so, um, that's uh, a dip I'll, I'll buy on. I, I, I want to get behind it, right? Because Cleveland vacated 200 targets last year. 31% of those targets were from the tight end position, like you said, with Austin Hooper. I just... We are going on his, what, is this his fifth or sixth year? In the fifth this year is his fifth year. Right? Yeah. This is fifth year because they turned down the option. They franchise tagged him. And we have seen next to nothing from Najoku. Maybe the very occasional flash. And I, I, I don't know. And Titans are late to break out. So I, I, I maybe I'm ruling him out too soon. Um, and I do want to factor in. In terms of this is this is my issue actually with David Najoku. I'll say it like this. And maybe you'll agree with him. Maybe he's, we're, we're talking about the same thing, but points per game basis. If Deshaun Watson gets eight games suspended, which I think, I think he could still get a year. I wouldn't be totally shocked. But let's say he gets eight games. Are you drafting David Njoku? If he gets eight games, um, am I if drafting? He's not starting the season in terms of if we're both going to assume that. But I Are would, we going to draft him? Maybe I would draft him with like my last pick because Baker Mayfield is still on the roster. If Baker Mayfield is the quarterback, yes, I'll draft him. I, th- I think there's still a real chance. It's a slim chance, but I, I think he could still end up um, starting for the team week one. Um, I'll take him with my last pick because if Deshaun Watson, when Deshaun Watson gets suspended, no one is going to want David Njoku. So I could easily take him with the last um, with the last pick where there is no one else I'm even remotely interested in. And I can stash him on my bench for a while. And if I need that bench spot, I'm fine cutting him. But when Deshaun Watson comes back, I'll make sure to have him on my team. So he's the, he's the type of guy you might want to pick up a week earlier. That like yeah. if the suspension ends in week nine, you want to pick him up week eight. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be the guy to be late on David Ajoku. Okay, no that that I, that that's fair. And the opportunity is a hundred percent there for him, especially for an offense that should be more pass heavy than it was in the past. Until you don't add Deshaun Watson and not use him, so I I I I I, I think it's the, the, the route's there. I just I I'm personally a little bit more apprehensive. I need to do a little bit more research. But either way, definitely a good opportunity. And that concludes our breakout picks. Riley, that felt a little bit more painful than you know I was anticipating. You're cool. I don't know why. Maybe it's because you. It might be because you brought up Clyde Edwards Elaire, and I had to agree for some reason. Listen, it's coming home this year. I mean, it's right. 
It's going home. Is that is that an England reference? Is that an England oh reference, Riley? Oh, for all of our soccer so fans out there. So good. Oh, you know how we have soccer fans here from College to Combine. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another ridiculous off-the-rails show. Um, I want to give a shout-out again to idpguys.org for helping us put all this on. And, of course, to For Frequency's Sake, where this is now streaming and will be uploaded. Uh, check out both our YouTube channels because there's a lot of amazing content. Again, uh, the Saturday, Saturday show coming out tomorrow at 930 Check that out here. Uh, check that out on on you on Twitter as well. You can follow both Riley and I at Michael underscore underscore Sicoli and at Riley underscore Millette. Again, with IDP guys are for Frank, uh, for Frank's sake. Follow them at for FFSQC and at the IDP guys. Amazing, amazing content coming every single day. Why miss it? We're getting into the heat of it with the summer. Pun not intended. I did not realize that. But we're going to, we're going to get into that fantasy time of year. And this is just the time to be a part of it. So get in before, get in before your league mates do. And we'll see you guys next week. We're gonna probably tell. I, I think Riley, you know what I'm feeling next week? You know what I want to do? What? What's that? Let's tease some sleepers. That's what we'll talk about next no. week. Yes. We'll take. We'll do this. Uh, we'll do a sleeper show next week where we won't be asleep, but some of you guys are and taking the, taking these guys way too late. So we'll we'll wake you guys up and show you the guys that you want to know. Either way, we'll see you next week. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a good night.